Shocker. Um, well, now that now you can have more consistent prompts because you would have had to do, unless you gave him the same prompts that you gave. No, him. see, the, tonight's a mishmash because uh, Michelle. Yeah. Sorry for pointing. And Steve, you guys were supposed to be on a show back in September. Yeah. That I canceled because Jesse was at Burning Man, and I don't know how to run uh, my own business. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we just um, so there's going to be prompts from September. Uh, y- usually, Thank people, you. Uh, you know, regular people, they plan milestones and such. For our hundredth show, we had 15. We had like a best of. We got ahead of it. Uh, this one, uh, it's just kind of a makeup show. Of well, I mean, to be fair, it would have been impossible for me to figure out when the hundredth would have fallen since you're just willy nilly canceling shit left That's and true. right. Did you guys hear when he called it his own business? Wasn't that cute? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like I've said, you know, R- R- Ronald McDonald never flipped a burger, but he's the face of that bitch, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's sad that we both fully embraced that division of responsibility. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like the nice guy that says hi. Jesse's the angry guy that runs shit. <laughs> so, not always angry. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I mean sometimes. <laughs> Are you mad now? Okay. No, I was worried that I ma- made you angry. No. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago. Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience That's you guys. in a show called... All right, so... I forgot to say, right at this part, I go like this, and then you make noise. They probably okay. would have caught on. Okay, ready? All right, welcome. Welcome to the Stab Podcast. Stab 200. Holy fucking god. Um, yeah, this is it's good time. Uh, we're here every Friday at 10, 10 o'clock ish, uh, 1710 Broadway, Sacramento, California, 95818418. I don't know. Send us some mail, it'll get here. Uh, do you want to meet your contestants? Yes, okay. Right there, Steve Ferris. Michelle Petro. Hello. Jesse Jones. All right. Good. I'm your host, uh, John Morris Ross IV. Bow down. <laughs> I don't know. what That's uh, something people said in the early 2000s. <laughs> Bow down. Steve, how are you? Uh, I think I'm... I think I'm doing uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel fine. Let's get into this. <laughs> Why the hesitancy of fine? Why did it take you so long to get there? Uh I just wanted to um I don't know. <laughs> find a, another way to say it, maybe. All right. Well, <laughs> well, thanks for being here. You look, you look good. Um, thanks. Did you go kayaking on the full moon? Uh, it's canoeing. Canoeing? Not, not this past full moon. Oh, okay. Why not? Did you have? Uh, it's too cold. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Um, and I didn't think anybody else would be going. Oh. Uh, last well. last time 
that I went was what September. <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm only a part Native American. I don't know. Like when the full moon. <laughs> well, yeah, but <clears throat> there's somebody here who Fact. also went. Really? Well, yeah. who was it? Raise your hand. <laughs> Reveal yourself. <laughs> was it September? <laughs> oh, September. oh. Okay, I don't know what that means. Okay. All right, Steve. Well, that's cool. You still, you get a, you're doing good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um. Michelle. Hey. Hello. Hey. This is your first time ever on Stab. It's true. Yeah, yeah it's my first it time. Thank you. Tried, oh. tried three or four times. But it's supposed try. to be my second time, <laughs> That's right. but it's my first well, time. You know, in six more years, we'll have you on our 400th show. I'm excited. <laughs> so. Yeah. 400's my favorite number. <laughs> so have me back for sure. That's great. That'll be perfect. Yeah, how many people have favorite, favorite numbers over like 70? It's rare. Right? Well, rare. I can see 72 if you're a Refrigerator Perry fan back in the day. Um I don't know. That was a weird reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't get it. I mean, yeah, how high would yeah. a how high would a favorite number go? I would say like ninety nine would be the limit with if you're a big I, big Gretzky. Okay, you got that. So, but over other than that, well, people attribute their favorite numbers to other things than athletes as mm-hmm. well. I think mm-hmm. mine was forty two for the longest time because of uh, Teen Wolf. Uh, <laughs> that was his number when I was a kid. And you know, everybody else was thinking, "Oh, hitchhikers." <laughs> And you pull out Teen Wolf yeah, from Teen 42. Wolf. I didn't... And then it, <laughs> then it changed to 33 because I saw the movie Rad. And Crew Jones, that was his plate <laughs> number. And then I became a Christian, and that's when Jesus died. So I was like, perfect. It still fits. <laughs> the 33. <laughs> anyway. So, uh... Yeah, again. Thank you. Six, oh, yeah. 69. Thank you. And now it's 69 because <laughs> of Buddhism. What? <laughs> <laughs> 420. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that is the highest. 720 for those on the East Coast. 666. God damn it. We're getting higher. Right. 187? 180. Well, that's lower than 666. You cop hater. (laughs) Sure. Oh, man. Now it's into the. (laughs) 911. Joey Stoltz. It's funniest hey, thing he's ever said on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's mad now. That was good, Joey. All right, well, Michelle, look what you started. It was just it's this great. a number work. I'm all into numerology, so this is perfect. We're talking about numbers. Very good. What's your sign? That's different. It is. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't Jesus, it's all the same. <laughs> doesn't matter all right well thank you for being here for your yeah, first time yeah thanks yeah. for finally having me on yeah oh, i'm very happy to be you're here well, thanks for buying a hoodie yeah <laughs> i was cold yeah i'll buy one too if you make a yellow one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well shit oh well <laughs> next time steve all right uh jesse yeah hey we talk a lot it's true <laughs> all right let's play stab <laughs> That that bit never gets old. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, <laughs> we've done it at least 137 episodes. Always you know? here. Who needs to talk to me? That's yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll end up fighting. Yeah. All right. Let's play stab. <laughs> um, <laughs> there it is. That was loud. That frightened me. Okay. There we go. 
And this first segment is called Reorganization. Uh, please take the following made-up acronym, Reimagine It. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, being that September was uh, a couple months ago. Uh, and it, but, but it was also National Chicken Month. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was, that was me. Was that you? Yeah, it sounded me. like it was from the back of the I know <laughs> how to throw my voice. Yeah. That was great. Um, today's acronym is CLUCK. C L U C K. Steve, what does CLUCK mean to you? Okay. <coughs> um. <laughs> uh, I said that CLUCK to me, it means uh, cats lying under cars kill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a it's a uh, an organization that uh, is trying without much success to bring awareness to the fact that cats lying under cars can kill. Especially if the cat is sick and won't come out from under the car. <laughs> it's a huge time suck. <laughs> and then you have to call the vet, but they can't take him until next week. And they recommend the ER because it could be life-threatening. Uh, he was drooling. Um, anyway. What? Nothing. The cat, he seemed to be sick. He was, oh, he was okay. drooling underneath the car. Gotcha. Anyway, okay. Sorry. Uh, so you call a few more vets to try to avoid the ER, but they're all booked up too and don't give a fuck. Your mom says to see if there's a mobile vet. <laughs> <laughs> the first two listed on Google are retired. So you give up and go to the ER. Uh, except no, the cat, despite being sick, has enough fight to avoid going in the crate. <laughs> Eventually, you wear him down, but it takes half an hour. <laughs> now it's 5.30, and there's heavy traffic the whole way to the ER vet. So that takes an hour. Then you pay $105, and they say you can take him home and monitor him. Or you could choose one of four other options that are probably $1,000 each. <laughs> Plus, you still have two and a half hours of work left to do, and you just took a three-hour lunch break. <laughs> I'm dead. I got killed. But the cat is okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I love that you 
probably did make that up, and none of that actually happened. <laughs> no, actually all, all of that happened. No, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Not all of it. You didn't get killed. Well, yeah. I Liar. Did you almost get killed once? Uh. Didn't someone try to rob you, and you're like, shoot me, and then they ran off? Yeah, that happened. But I don't know. I don't know if they would have killed me. That's true. Anyway, if I hadn't have said shoot me. Yeah, they didn't like to be told what to do. That's what it was. I don't know how close. That's an improv scene, I think. <laughs> All right, thank you, Steve. Michelle, what is cluck? Hey. Did I say that right? Cluck. Yeah. Cluck. What does that mean to you? Okay. Well, obviously, cluck stands for. Crisis learning under college know-it-alls. So, this progressive group of college super seniors have formed a meetup.com group to learn how to become better crisis actors. Okay. As we know, crisis actors are needed almost weekly throughout the United States. <laughs> These super seniors from UCLA know how to get you on the casting couch of all the top crisis directors. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in becoming a crisis actor, go ahead and head to meetup.com slash cluck it all. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at this since September. <laughs> It was funny. And sadly, though, this is very topical. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I yeah, bring bringing that. the room down. It yeah. didn't. It's it hardly not anymore. But yeah, go so. cluck, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. All right. Is anyone out there that we need to be concerned with? I uh, just let them in. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. Thanks for holding it down, Emma. Yeah, yeah. Emma Haney, everybody. Emma Haney. Also, someone that's canceled on the show before. <laughs> A couple times. Yeah. All right, uh, Jesse Jones, what does cluck mean to you? <laughs> if you want to bust all these cake plates, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been conducting a personal scientific study, which I plan to publish once I've collected all my findings and finalized my results. You don't have to let them know. They're all longer than I wanted, Michelle. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, basic principle is this. Uh, we all know that conversion therapy works. <laughs> in 100% in of all cases, no matter what behavior you're attempting to change, properly implementing a clinically proven conversion therapy, <laughs> conversion therapy produces positive results every single time. Science fact. <laughs> Jesus <Christ. sighs> it's all right. So, <laughs> I have sought to help a specific deviant subset of people <laughs> to oh overcome boy. their own degenerate behaviors, starting with one simple question, which I believe I will find to be true, and which I boil down to C L U C K. Can loose underwear cure kinks? <laughs> It's been my belief that several kinks, particularly bondage, and to a lesser extent, autoerotic asphyxiation, and even adult baby syndrome, can be lessened, if not entirely cured, by simply introducing the kinkster to looser-fitting underwear. The more majority of my experiments have been simply observational, and has amounted to uh, having wild, free-spirited, kinky men and women 
stand in front of me, sometimes for hours on end, in nothing more than a pair of oversized, loose-fitting underwear. <laughs> Just barely clinging to their supple hips. <laughs> casually drooping to one side. Revealing innocent peaks at the outer edges of their most private of parts. Nothing direct. Nothing so lewd. Just the hints of mons. Of a lightly fur-trimmed pubis. <laughs> I just stare at him, <coughs> licking my lips very scientifically and repeatedly asking them my series of control questions and deep, lustful gulps of gasps. <coughs> How does that feel? <laughs> you like that? That doesn't make you feel dirty, does it? That's not sexy, is it? <laughs> All the while, I sit before them in my own matching loose underwear. <laughs> as it gradually gets tighter, and I yell at them not to look. Don't you dare look. It's naughty. It's naughty to look. You're a naughty pumpkin. You're a silly, naughty gingerbread man. It's so sweet. It's so crumbly. In your loose, naughty underpants. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the results have been remarkable. <laughs> Though I feel like it's probably going to require several more months of intense research before I can conclusively determine the vi validity of my hypothesis. Can loose underwear cure kinks? <laughs> I think they can. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, that was reorganization. God damn it. Stupid. Took a drink at the wrong time. Okay. Alright, that brings us to our second uh, second segment. Uh, it's called the Topical Haiku Challenge. Uh, please compose three haiku in regard. We're doing haikus with Japanese music, okay? It's totally fine. That's all right. All right. That's <laughs> <laughs> topical haiku challenge. Please, please compose three haiku in regard to the following topical story. Uh, headline, a new drug in India containing cow dung and cow urine promises expecting mothers they'll give birth to an, a highly intelligent child. You know, if taken regularly. Um... Haiku Go, we'll do your first of three, Steve, uh, one at a time. What is, uh, what is, what is your haiku? Okay. Oh, oh there. there we go. <laughs> All right. All right, you're back. We're back. Okay. Do something stupid, and you will birth someone smart. That makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Michelle, your first haiku. Okay. Um, so this one is called Entitled Do the Right Thing. Okay, ready? <laughs> one pill twice a day. Your baby will bring honor to us all. 
Go, mom. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Jesse Jones. Uh, my first is titled "I'm Loving It." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, doctors. But I'll get my cow shit and piss from McDonald's. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Steve, your second of three haiku. Okay. <clears throat> I love Indian food. It is my favorite. But I don't like this. <laughs> Very good, Steve. Michelle, your second of three haiku. Okay. Um, this is entitled The Excrements of Maud the Cow. <laughs> babies make poops and babies make pee pee. So give mom to be cow shit. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Jesse Jones, your yeah. second of three haiku. I'm going to shuffle these around a little bit. Uh, this one sort of follows. Up on Michelle's. It's called uh, Prenatal Only. <laughs> oh, man. Found out the hard way. That doesn't work for adults. Just made my breath stink. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Steve, it's your third of three haiku. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't give titles to any of mine. That's right. My mom said I am the smartest because she ate cow dung and urine. It's <laughs> true. All right. Very good, Steve. Very good. It's very good. Michelle? All right. So this last one of mine is title entitled, It's So Little! <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Sacred animals providing sustenance for a tiny baby. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Thank All right, Jesse Jones. Yeah, I guess I have to change the title of um, of this last one here. I, I guess. Uh, Was yours also it so little? No, oh. but I I guess I, I underestimated or overestimated. Uh, the, the other two people on the panel. Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I had two different versions of this, so we'll go with <laughs> the one that applies. Did we already cover shit for brains? <laughs> no? Oh. Well, then there you go. There we go. That is the topical haiku challenge. <laughs> Very good. End of Very good. Whoop. Only 200, 200 shows. times. We 200 shows. Can yeah. Can't figure out the goddamn thing. <laughs> I've had three sound effects for 200 shows. That's it. Still can't figure Still out. Still can't. <laughs> Timing's not my strong suit. It's a process. Um, all right. We're going to do this. There we go. There it is. 
There we go. Uh, this brings us to our third segment called This Was Today Once. Uh, Steven, how are you? Good. <laughs> Steve, on this date, 1916, the first self-service grocery store, Piggly Wiggly, was opened in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, also on this date, 300. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Not the year 300. Also on this very date, no year included, 300 <laughs> invitees uh, pay 5000 to hear Barbara Streisand's benefit concert. Barbara Streisand's benefit concert. Uh, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? Okay. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I went out and bought a few bags of charcoal from some different local grocery stores, Rayleigh's, Bel Air, Safeway, and Trader Joe's. Piled it all up in the street in front of my house while blasting What Kind of Fool from Barbara's, from Barbara's Guilty album uh, produced by Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. Uh, then <clears throat> I remembered I need a costume. I mean, obviously. I went to the store and bought three pig noses <laughs> after I found a store that had them. <laughs> when I got home, the charcoal had been cleared <laughs> and the record was skipping. <clears throat> Sounds like the purge. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they, they purged the charcoal from oh, the street. They did. <laughs> my neighbor across the street looked pissed off. I found my cats and put a pig nose on each one. <laughs> and one on myself. The cats wriggled out of the pig noses and started fighting on the lawn. I put the... <laughs> I put the music back on, this time side A with the title track, Guilty, and started running up and down the street calling out Piggly Wiggly as loud as I could for an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> then someone shot off some illegal fireworks and I got pissed off and went inside to get my Earmuffs. <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I searched the neighborhood to see if I could figure out who was doing it, the, the fireworks, but I couldn't find them, so I went and got my dump truck. <laughs> like a little Tonka dump truck. Okay. I pushed it out into the street backwards, making sure to make beeping sounds in case anyone didn't see me. <laughs> I loaded up the last few charcoal bricks I could find into the back and then pushed it back up my driveway and into the house. I'll just store uh, those pieces of charcoal for whenever I end up buying my own barbecue one day. <laughs> 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 All right, Steve. All right, Steve Ferris. That's what he did. It's, never mind me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a beverage. Never mind. You're gonna me. get a beverage. You're gonna. Get, don't don't worry about Jesse. Don't don't. 
All right. Uh, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Don't wait for him. Don't listen for him. You better hurry because mine's pretty short. Michelle, on this date, 1997, mm-hmm. the funeral of Diana, Princess of Wales, takes place in London. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also on this date, 1899, Carnation processes its first can of evaporated milk. Mm-hmm. How'd you celebrate these two things all put together? Well, John, I don't know of a better way to s- commemorate a tragedy than to get slobbering drunk. He's with me. All right, good. I'm not alone. So, every September 6th or November 15th, <laughs> um, you know, Princess Di's funeral anniversary. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a word. It's on Urban Dictionary. (laughs) Well, I toss them back, and then I pour one out for the Princess of Wales. So, little known fact, though, about Princess Di. She was an avid white Russian drinker, uh, and her secret ingredient was carnation evaporated milk. It's a crazy coincidence. Really? Yeah, so it was just like... Oh my God. Yeah. So upon learning um, of the wonderful coincidence of these two events happening on the same date, I knew that something really important had to be done. I knew what must be done. Um, so I smoked a bunch of weed. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I watched The Big Lebowski while eating bangers and mash. Very good. That's great. That sounds like a good day. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Oh my God. <laughs> anyone, does anyone have any uh, good Lady Die material? Okay. All right. That was weird. I haven't gotten to watch a stab in like six years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Jesse, it's your turn. Hi there. <laughs> Jesse, on, on this actual date, uh, November 15th, I, oh, went, okay. I went current with you. It wasn't September. Okay. No. Uh, on this actual date, 1985, a research assistant is injured when a package from the Unabomber addressed to the University of Michigan professor, oh. a, a University of Michigan professor, explodes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also on this actual date, 1988 English rugby, rugby player Billy Twelve Trees was born. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you celebrate these two things all put together? Twelve Trees. His name was Twelve Trees. Is he's still alive? <coughs> As you will find out. <laughs> well, this morning, while catching up on some late week matches, thanks to my Gloucester Rugby TV package, <laughs> which I'm really glad I renewed this season, it was between that and keeping my Netherlands national cricketing subscription. Because <laughs> while Gloucester's premiership's uh, been a real corker. The uh, NNC has been loose grabbles trundled up on a torp rascal. (laughs) It's a cricket term. Anyway, I was watching Billy do his thing. His thing, of course, being rugby. (laughs) (laughs) I got one. That's all that matters. One at a time. Get them one at a time. While curled up with a couple choice chapters from Industrial Society and its future. Ted Kaczynski's 35,000-word manifesto. <laughs> Before long, and 
coming to this completely on my own with no influence from outside sources, I realized trees are evil. <laughs> now hear me out. Or, you know, suffer the consequences. <laughs> Before Teddy Kaz got his cool sketch portrait and those and that hoodie and shades that he clearly always wore, he was a big, dumb, soft math nerd. Then he moves out into the woods where trees are. <laughs> <laughs> and start sending bombs back out. And rugby, <clears throat> I think we can all agree, is a snoot cracker wobble knocking sport <laughs> of brutish violence and boff crinkle rugby terms. <laughs> the point is, when Billy 12 Trees was born, he was a sweet, innocent baby. What never nicked a jimble wicket? <laughs> cricket term but <laughs> then his dumb parents named her named him after a fucking dozen of those wooden monsters and suddenly all he wanted to do was rugby on people <laughs> so i don't know what causes which first trees or explosives or rugby or violence or trees <laughs> i wasn't there i can't say for certain i just know that there's an unmistakable connection between violence and trees <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. White Claw sponsored the stab program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I put down T Zach's page turn and breezy read <laughs> and paused the nth round of Bruiser Yonk's Jimmy Droll rugby terms and went out mercilessly, mercilessly cutting down any trees I could get my saw on. It's them or us, John. <laughs> they are cold, unfeeling monoliths of hate which drive men to violence, bomb-making, and goosey-cranklin' rub rugby turn. <laughs> <laughs> and those are just two examples of a direct correlation between trees and violence. What more do, you, do I have to do to convince you people? Produce some sort of actual data? <laughs> and what would I print that data on? Thousands upon thousands of thinly sliced tree corpses? Bollard googlies, cricket term. <laughs> while it be worth it, uh, while it would be, would be worth it to murder some trees to print that report, but if I were to attach them via ink print to the said tree pulp, it would automatically invalidate my entire argument. <laughs> I've seen this trick before. I'm not going to fall for it again. So instead, I'll just hand scream my beliefs into the faces of anyone and everyone I meet. Then I'll be taken seriously. <laughs> then they'll know I'm a top swing fielder, like a knee-deep sprinty boy, rugby term. <laughs> Very good. That was This Was Today Once. That brings us to our fourth of five segments. Um, this next segment's called Movie Makeup. Uh, people on stage, please have composed a synopsis based off the following movie titles. Uh, all titles are brought to you by wordcounter.net's random word generator. <laughs> Steve, the name of your movie is called Cattle Implant. Cattle Implant. Okay, Cattle, cattle Cat, Implant. Cattle Implant. Cattle Implant. Uh, a glitch in a computer chip inserted into the brains of an experimental self-herding herd of cattle <laughs> causes the cattle to stampede Indefinitely. Oh, no. <laughs> An expert team of old retired cowboys is assembled. 
<laughs> some, some know each other and have unfinished business or beef. You wouldn't make that joke in the movie, but. Maybe you would. I don't know. It'd be in the previews. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, a token cowgirl joins the team, and <laughs> and the <laughs> the boys reluctantly agree. <laughs> uh, also, a, a token hacker with a laptop. <laughs> sure. Well. It, um, I was just thinking it's like a Jerry Brockheimer type, you know, <laughs> right. all the characters are stereotypes. So it's, you know, the stereotypical hacker and the cowgirls like the tough, you know, she wants to be one of the guys. And, <laughs> uh, something from the nineties. You know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, and, and the, the hacker, he doesn't know how to ride a horse. So they have to teach you. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the film opens with a rancher, played by Sam Rockwell, leaning on a fence, watching a large herd of cattle. The camera pans along the herd. It seems endless. Isn't it beautiful? The rancher asks his daughter. Are they gonna be out okay out there with no one riding with them? She replies. Oh, they'll be better and okay. They don't need anyone. They've got chips implanted into their brains with GPS guidance systems. So they'll always know where to go and never get lost. But what if something goes wrong? <laughs> nah, he scoffs. Uh, in another scene... <laughs> <laughs> in another scene two cowboys get into an argument what if it's aliens messing with the gps satellite up there telling them cows what to do even if it was which i highly doubt ain't no aliens got 40 years experience running cattle <laughs> and they sure as hell don't know this trail like any of us do Hell, they don't even know the trail as well as the cows do. <laughs> well, how do you know what they know? <laughs> uh, it, it takes a few days for the team to catch up to the herd. They could have used a helicopter, but the old timers insisted it was a bad idea and wouldn't join the team unless they did things the old fashioned way. They do take a, a GPS tracker to show the location, speed, and trajectory of the herd. <laughs> so they figure they'll meet up with them at a, a certain point. They get there a little bit early. <laughs> Pretty soon they see dust in the distance, but in almost no time at all, the dust cloud zooms by. The cows are all running full tilt and have been for days showing no signs of slowing down, except that some cows are falling from exhaustion along the way 
and uh, dead. (laughs) Since the chips have stopped responding to the signal from the satellite, the team has to get close enough to use the Bluetooth signal on their laptop (laughs) to hack into the chip of the lead cow. Uh, That is, if the Bluetooth is responsive. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. In the end, uh, old school cowpoke tactics win out over the technology with an underlying warning and message about the over-rampant use (laughs) of technology in today's world. And then in a final scene in the trailer or something, maybe you'd you'd have uh, this dialogue. This would be the cowgirl. She'd she'd say, uh, cowboy, what is that? Uh, what is that anyway? Sounds like a cross between a cow and a boy. (laughs) I bet that hurt. And then whichever cowboy she said that to retorts, well then wouldn't a cowgirl be a cross between a cow and a girl? And then she says, I ain't no cowgirl though. And then that's it. (laughs) Uh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. All right. Thank you for that synopsis. That was very good. Very good. Very good. Good job, Steve. Thank you, Michelle. The name John. of your the name of your the name of your movie is called Bloody Zipper. Yep. Bloody Zipper. Uh huh. Yep. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. So this is the movie trailer first and then I'm gonna give you a little synopsis all right cool all right jigsaw the new Caltrans commissioner is ready for a game (laughs) (laughs) this one's called merging into traffic (laughs) the congestion is growing in this quiet capital city and it's starting to weigh on our casting of unfortunate pawns. You risk your life every day just by merging onto the freeway. <laughs> and this October, it already came out, <laughs> Caltrans is out for blood. <laughs> so yeah, I just wrote a Saw movie. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> But like my version of a song. Which meets Christine, yeah. Sweet. Oh. Okay. So we introduce Jaden and Jordan. They're two cousins who do construction work together. And they're in their cement truck. They're trapped in traffic, right? We're like on the freeway already. Okay. These two guys, they just want to get back to the warehouse and ditch the behemoth that they're driving so they can go home after eight hours working overnight on a dubious looking overpass project. Shout out to the Zimpendel overpass. (laughs) 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 They're fatigued, dude, they're mentally, fatigued physically and mentally. They, they, They open up their in an argument and um, you hear snippets of it, and this is where J- Jigsaw's little game begins. Okay, so enter Simone. She's flying up an on-ramp with super glued hands on the wheel, okay? <laughs> Jordan screams like, break! 
and then they see up ahead that the semi truck has turned into a giant truck sawmill. So like the back of the truck opens and it's just like this sawmill and cars <laughs> that are tailgating this truck just keep getting swooped up and like splattered all over and there's blood and car carnage and everybody's just getting like forced into these car uh, truck sawmills and um <laughs> it's like happening all over the freeway and then like that happens three or four more times before jordan Jaden, simone and like maybe one other character are like approaching the truck they can't move they're stuck in traffic right there's nowhere they can merge and like people have tried to cut the traffic by going in the exit only lane fuckers <laughs> and um <laughs> They, but they all are bursting into flames um, and dying that way because <laughs> the, thick, the thick white blocks, which are clearly a symbol for exit only, have, they've burst into flames. So like things are on fire, this, guy, this sawmill's happening, right? They're trapped. Everybody's just freaking out. Simone's hands are still super glued to the, to the steering wheel. So where am I in my thing? Okay. <laughs> this is happening while cars are also trying to merge onto the on-ramp. Everything's on fire. Jaden, who's driving the truck, the cement truck, he makes a bold freaking move. He somehow manages to back the cement truck into the sawmill. Okay? And it, there's a big explosion uh, because movies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the three of them survive. Okay? So the three of them are alive but Simone she's still stuck in her car she's super glued right mm -hmm. and then that's when Jordan reveals he's a handyman he's able to jerry wig the driving wheel <laughs> the driver's wheel off so like to save Simone's hands oh. for now <laughs> so uh, not a rise choice Commissioner Jigsaw in wait wait let me read this properly not a wise choice in commis Commissioner Jigsaw's opinion because the car airbag deploys and it <laughs> pops off Simone's arms, right? Jordan is impaled with shrapnel because it's a Takata airbag or whatever. And Jaden is just left stunned, okay? He's like standing there and you just watched all of this. And then Jigsaw's voice comes on over a nearby CHP sound system. Oh and I can't do the voice, um, <laughs> but it sounds something like this in my mind. I hope you know you're not getting away. It just sounds like my voice. <laughs> I hope you know you're not getting away with running one of my, oh, with ruining one of my traffic millers. Jaden fucking bolts, okay? He dashes towards the truck miller, which is the jigsaw that he comes, he had this great name for it called Truck Miller. Some great person made up that name. Um, so he's like hoping to find some kind of exit, um, but he ends up having to not. Uh, he, it, it, then it gets just really gory and gross and I just didn't finish it. That's all right. That's all right, yeah. You, but there's the a lot more blood. The studio just, sees. It's like a zipper. So the big <laughs> thing is when you merge, I don't care how big of a hurry you're in, it's a zipper. It One car, then the other. One car, right. then the other. The and if not, be. we're going to get a bloody zipper, <laughs> and we're all going to die in traffic anyway. Bloody so zipper. just 
know that. Use your blinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Michelle. Thank you. Very and good. somewhere in there, somebody zips their dick up. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously. Did that when I was uh, three in one of the footy Oh, pictures. sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I did. I really did. That's what I don't believe it. You have too many kids. No. <laughs> no. No, I ripped my pee holes a lot bigger than it would have been. And it just excretes okay. more. Okay, right. there we go. Well, All right. Okay. It's, just, it's disgusting. Sense. Doubles it's the odds. There's a lot of stuff coming out of there. All right. Jesse Jones, yeah. the uh, name of your movie is called Pathetic Spider Ball. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So following the latest billion-dollar success of Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man Far From Home, Sony simply can't push out enough new Spider-Man-related material. <laughs> With an entire slate of lesser to completely unknown characters coming down the line, Sony is cutting through material so fast they've already hit bottom and completely powered through. <laughs> Introducing Pathetic Spider-Ball. <laughs> In this Into the Spider-Verse tangentially related sequel, <laughs> Sony Pictures will introduce fans to the bottom rung of the cutting room floor of the back to the drawing board concepts <laughs> of the many infinite spider people that their laziest writers could imagine. <laughs> the main stars of this money grab will be Manly Spider from Earth 881 where a meek, gangly young spider was bitten by a radioactive teen <laughs> and given powers comparable to a regular person. <laughs> Spider-Man BC, a caveman named... <laughs> a, a caveman named Peter... <laughs> who's covered in spider webs and has four cow's legs stuck to his back in heaping globs of shit and mud. <laughs> and Spider Infant from Earth 4182. An Earth where people just look like pudgy little babies even when they're fully grown. So he'll be hysterically gruff and self-aware for what looks like just a fat toddlin baby. <laughs> And you're going to love hearing his catchphrase, Oopsie! <laughs> I think I just spilled my Spidey diapy with webs again. <laughs> in every trailer for the next six months. <laughs> and of course, in the background, it'll be littered with cameos and Easter eggs hinting at such complete unknowns as uh, Spider Pimp. <laughs> A streetwise hustler with six heavy pimp hands. <laughs> <laughs> a rack noying <laughs> an attention starved YouTube commenter <laughs> bitten by just a regular spider during an unboxing video <laughs> and the spectacular spider fan which Sony will invite us all to imagine could be any one of us the spectacular spider fans <laughs> Pathetic Spider Ball with the voices of a bunch of actors that you know you recognize and it'll leave you saying, yeah, it was that fucking guy as you sit through the credits waiting for one last spider infant joke sure to disappoint. Very good. That was movie makeup. Well, that brings us to our final segment of the evening. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, not yet. Nope. Not yet. Not yet. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't matter at this point. No. That brings us to our uh, last segment called uh, Write an Erotic Poem About It. Uh, please have written an erotic <laughs> poem in regard to the following topics. Uh, Steve Ferris, let's hear your erotic poem about a spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I've been eating a lot less meat. But wow, today might be my cheat. <laughs> Look at that thing on my plate. Staring back. Making me anticipate. <laughs> the chicken taste and the hot burn. I watched her eat one. Now my turn. <laughs> The buns, the meat, the sauce and cheese. Makes me think about birds and bees. <laughs> <laughs> Gently separating the lower bun Using all my fingers one by one Shifting in my seat I lift impatiently My jaw like a door from a Bentley. <laughs> Opens. <laughs> Wet like a turned on crotch. <laughs> Wet like a turned on <laughs> 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 five five more lines. <laughs> All right. Teeth sharp and hard. To bite a notch. Emotions surfing on a flavor wave. Grinding it up in my face's love cave. There's two more. Oh, shit. Uh, 
<clears throat> Got a bite so big, I could barely fit it. <laughs> Shit, it tastes so good, I want to hit it. It's <laughs> 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 too... Fucking wet like a turned on crotch. <laughs> that, that's the God episode. Damn name. you, Steven. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be the name of the episode. <laughs> it's gonna be the new name of the goddamn show. <laughs> Turn into stab or wet like a turned on crotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It does sound like something like an ESPN reporter would say. <laughs> like, it was a rain yeah. delay today. Wet like a turn on crotch. Yeah, it's, it's like Game a sports bag. center anchor catchphrase. Yeah, it's definitely like a Stuart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cold like the other side of the pillow. Yeah. Wet like, a, know, turn wet like a turn on crotch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Michelle. <laughs> those are called similes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> what are yeah. they, those? It's true. Oh, well, then. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Michelle, yeah. uh, let's hear your erotic poem uh, about ducks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> mm. Fly south. <laughs> I moan as my lover heads below the surface of my waters. <laughs> wow. My lover is like a duck, and there's nothing more, and there's more, excuse me, my lover is like a duck, and there's more going on in there than you'd think. (laughs) The surface seems calm, but down below, my lover's webbed fingers are working double time. Imagine my duck-shaped lover migrate down over the hemisphere of my belly button, or down under the hemisphere of my belly button. I don't know. I haven't looked at this since September. I'm lucky. My ducky is waterproof. No. Oh, no. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. I'm lucky. (laughs) My ducky is waterproof because this lake is wet. (laughs) Like a. Yeah. Our guttural groans turn into quacks. (laughs) Quack. Quack. Quack, 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 fly south. I moan to my duck like lover. Very good. Very good. Oh, God. I've probably done a hundred of these, and I don't think I did this right. Jesus 
All right, Jesse. Um, let's no. hear your erotic poem in regard to... There's no reference to wetness in this at all. <laughs> Not it. one. All right, Jesse. Uh, let's, let's, let's hear your erotic poem in regards to the number 200. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this for so long. But now that I'm here, now that you're here, right there in front of me, well, it's not what I expected. Gone, that one of yours that I had stared at for so long, standing so tall, that strong, proud, throbbing, upright integer, <laughs> replaced with this two. <laughs> this sort of apologetic, droopy, dangly digit. But I guess I know how you feel after going at it another hundred times in a row, if I'm honest. I guess I'm feeling a little droopy, too. <laughs> oh, and those perky, tight, high-resting circles riding proud up on those nines. <laughs> now a pair of big bulbous zeros. <laughs> Those holes of yours, not as tight as they used to be. <laughs> Fun with math. So gone is the lust, the, child, the childish fantasy and cheap thrill replaced by comfort, familiarity, devotion. The silk negligee of those double digits, the sultry satin and lace of the second hundo replaced by the tattered comfy sweatpants and t-shirt of the beginning of our third century together. <laughs> it's still special in its own way. I wouldn't trade a moment, wouldn't replace a day. And I know that if we keep this up, maybe in 20 years or so, You'll change the game, spice things up. Give me a third gaping zero to drive me crazy all <laughs> over again. <laughs> and very good. And that is Stab. One more time for all the comedians you've seen this evening. Steve Ferris, Michelle Petro, and Jesse Jones. Thank you guys. Join us for another hundred. John, uh, John Ross, oh, everybody. Man. John Ross. Much, John guys. Morris Ross the fourth. I get what you did there. <laughs>